Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the In the Mood for Fantasy Football podcast, a pro football network show that keeps you up to date on the current NFL news and how to adjust your lineups on a weekly basis with start, set, waiver wire, and draft advice. I'm Eric Moody. You can follow me on Twitter at Eric N. Moody. And my co-host is Tommy Garrett, who you can follow at Tommy Garrett PFN. Now, Tommy and I have an excellent show planned for you today. We're going to look at the high leverage rounds, the middle rounds, and the late rounds. And so before we do that, Tommy, how are things going in your world? I'm good. Um, You know, we got preseason football ready to come up. I mean, we just had one game, but we have like the full season weekend slate coming up. We're almost coming to training camp time. It's about to wrap up. We got the regular season about to kick off. It's We're getting around to crunch time when it comes to all that fantasy draft research people have done since, you know, whenever you tuned in, whether you're in a dynasty league at the end of last season or you're just now getting back into it. It's a yeah. big time of year. It's kind of our Christmas time of year for us. So I'm really looking forward to it. It should be an exciting year. I think it's going to be a very chaotic year, most likely, when you throw in that extra that extra game, plus exactly. the everything's still around we were dealing with last year. So I think it's going to be an interesting season, but I'm definitely excited for it. How about you? Yeah, I feel the same. Definitely aligned. Hey, it's it's uh, it's our Christmas right now, so to speak. And yeah. so nothing but really good news to talk about and players to talk about. But then once we get to actual games, you know, that's where we really get into the meat of the season. And we'll kind of talk about that today. So let's... Let's start. 12-team PPR draft. We're in round one. I'll kick us off and pass the baton to you. So it's one player that I'm really enamored with that I think is a great value, Tyreek Hill. You know, he finished as a wide receiver, too, in 75% of his games in 2020, fourth most receiving air yards among wide receivers since 2017. Number one guy in the explosive Chiefs offense. At his ADP, you can pair him with a very good running back at the top of the second round. So have any thoughts on Tyreek Hill, Tommy, or do you want to go ahead and dive into your player in round one? Look, I love Tyreek Hill. Up until Aaron Rodgers was about to come back, it was it, he was probably going to be the wide receiver one. When you bring in Devonta Adams back in, you kind of have a wide receiver 1A, wide receiver 1B in that thing. And mm-hmm. it's interesting you bring up that he is the number one option in the Chiefs offense because it's debatable with the guy I'm going to talk about. That's going to be Travis Kelsey. Mm-hmm. Look at the tight end one for the last five years. And since his time with Patrick Mahomes, he's averaging 97 receptions, 1,250 yards, and eight and a half touchdowns. Over this time, he's also been a tight end one in 84 point, 84% of his games. It's hard to find a better value than a guy who you know week in and week out is going to give you a massive advantage. If you're getting 17.8 points per game out of Travis Kelsey, that's wide receiver one territory mm-hmm. at the worst position to try to find talent, which is the tight end position. I love Travis Kelsey. Once you get past your elite part of tight ends, and like for you, like if you take that wide receiver one, mm-hmm. I'm going with Travis Kelsey every time I can. Yeah, no, you can't you can't go wrong there, with Kelsey. You know, he's a uh you know, he's, he's a champion amongst the position yep. for where there's very few, you know, uh, consistent producers, we'll say. So exactly. I, I, I think we're even more like a line here, because if I look at round two, 
I'm going to go with another Kansas City Chiefs player and Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I think yep. many underestimate the improvement like a rookie makes from one season to the next, you know, going from their rookie season to their second season. Mm-hmm. You look at the draft capital. Andy Reid hasn't used this much capital on a running back since LaShawn McCoy back yep. in 2009 when he was with the Eagles. And that turned out pretty good for McCoy, like in the second season. He totaled nearly 1,700 uh, total yards, nine touchdowns. I think it's in the realm of possibility that Edward Tillaire has that type of season. What do you think? Yeah, I like Edwards Lair. Everything you liked about Clyde Edwards Lair last year, you still like about him this year, even though he now has an upgraded offensive line and an extra year in the NFL. The only reason people are kind of pushed off of him is because everyone skyrocketed his value and became at that point, he was never going to live up to expectations. But if you liked him last year, you're going to love him this year. For me, I'm actually going to go back to another receiver, and I'm going to head down south to Atlanta and check out Calvin Ridley. Oh, yeah. Look, Calvin Ridley was a wide receiver one when Julio Jones was on the team. He's still a wide receiver one now without without him, and he has a chance to be the wide receiver one. Like He has fifty, he has 150 target, 100 reception, 1,500-yard upside. If you look at the games without Julio Jones, he averaged 11 targets, 7.4 receptions, 100 yards, and 17 points per game in mm-hmm. scoring last season. You take that out for an entire season, that's going to be incredible scoring potential out of him. Sure, they have Kyle Pitts, who we all love, but he's going to have to have the greatest season ever to try to maintain maintain his value. Outside of him, you bring in Russell Gage. Like I know we're, we're worried about this offense maybe running the ball a little more with Arthur Smith, but at the same time, this, this offense is going to run through the air with Matt Ryan. Calvin Ridley's the guy he's going to be targeting all the time. For me, Calvin Ridley in the second round, I absolutely love him. The other person would have been Austin Eckler, but we're kind of seeing his price go now into the first round. Okay. He's always been, to me, if you can get Austin Eckler in the second round, he's the best second round pick you can make. Outside of that, give me uh, Calvin Ridley. Yeah, no, no, very good assessment. And also about Eckler, too. I like him quite a bit. Moving yeah. on to, to round three. We're in round three. I think you and I are both aligned on our conversation. Yeah, we're the same you on know, this one. Yeah, we're the same on this one. So huge fan of Allen Robinson. You know, he commanded yep. 150 or more targets in consecutive seasons. The guy has prospered. You know, uh, subpar, I would say, quarterback play. I'm like, he's been able to thrive. So any thoughts that you'd like to add to Ridley, Tommy? Or not to I mean, Ridley. For, uh, to- for Allen Robinson? I mean, we could yeah. say subpar QB play, <laughs> but that's been the course of his entire career. I mean, he's had Blake Bortles, <laughs> Chad Haney, Mitch Trubisky, and Nick Foles. Yeah. If you look since 2000, uh, since 2015, he's averaged 68 receptions, 117 uh, uh, targets, 900 yards, and six touchdowns. That's including Week 17, where he didn't even play a single game because of a torn ACL. Look what he did last year with all these guys. Like it's, I love Allen Robinson. Even if we consider Andy Dalton to just be a lateral move, he's going to be perfectly fine. Once we get to Justin Fields. The Chicago Bears offense is set to take off as long as Matt Nagy allows it to. Yeah, no, really, really good points about Adam Robinson. Obviously in a great position to thrive. You know, if we're moving on to the next round, so, hey, we're in round four. I'm on the mm-hmm. clock. One guy that I really like quite a bit is uh, is Cooper Cup. I know he's had a lot of success throughout his career, you know, average five or more receptions per game through his first 54 games in the NFL. And he's also available in drafts later, you know, than Robert Woods. And this is a receiver who could easily see 130 or more targets, you know, from an upgraded quarterback, you know, Matthew Stafford. So who's someone in the fourth round uh, that you're targeting, uh, Tommy? I'm going to stick on the same team. But we're going to a different player. I'm going to go with Robert Woods. I think there's enough of a skill gap between the talent between Robert Woods and Cooper Cup where I'm willing to pay up for him. I think Robert Mm -hmm. Woods ends up probably in the season as a wide receiver one, 
where I think if you're looking at Cooper Cup, you're probably going to like mid wide receiver two round level. If you're looking at that in the same in the same like you know twelve draft pick range, I think it's mm-hmm. worth the additional cost to mm-hmm. get Robert Woods. Over the last three years, he's been the wide receiver 11, wide receiver 14, and wide receiver 13 in scoring, averaging 130 targets, 88 um, 88 receptions per year, almost 1,100 yards, and almost five touchdowns per season. He's one of just 10 receivers with over 3,200 yards over the past three seasons combined. You bring in Matthew Stafford. Although I don't necessarily expect his A dot to necessarily rise, we know Stafford mm-hmm. is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL when it comes to extending the play and working off script. And Robert Woods is one of the better guys in terms of finding the zone, exactly the same as Cooper Cup. Like these guys are very much a wide receiver 1A, wide receiver 1B. You can absolutely pick your poison between these guys. I'm just going to go with Robert Woods because I think he might have the slightly higher ceiling. And what I do like about him is he brings that extra rushing upside. He's someone who could rush for between like 100 to 120 yards. And when in fantasy, every little bit counts. Yeah, you know, very true. Moving on to round five, then we'll close out the other high leverage rounds. Uh, I would say one player that I think is a huge value uh, in the fifth round would end up being uh, Chase Edmonds. Now, I know our very own NFL insider, Adam Beasley, mentioned Mm -hmm. that the Cardinals training camp battle at running back is really just a battle like a name only. So this really positions Edmonds to see anywhere from 280 to 300 opportunities. And that's really, really nice for a running back with his ADP, you know, right now. Who Mm -hmm. is it in round five, you know, that you're championing, Tommy? Yeah, for me, I'm going to stick with running back too, but I'm actually going to go back to Atlanta and probably take a look at Mike Davis. My big thing is volume is king in the NFL, and especially for fantasy. Atlanta has 21.6 touches per game that have been vacated last season. We're looking at the losses that they have. You bring in Mike Davis. Yes, this 3.7 yards per carry average on his career is not ideal, but you're looking at someone who could probably have potentially 300 touches throughout the season. He actually did pretty well as a receiver, which I don't think a lot of people realize. He was actually fourth amongst running backs in receptions with 59 last season. And the big thing about that, too, is like you have to understand the difference between your scoring format, whether it is PPR or whether it is like a standard format, because that will very much change the values. If you look at the top 60 running backs last year, the average score per carry was 0.7, was 0.67 points per touch. When it's per target, it was 1.53 fancy points per target. When you transition that to receivers, then all of a sudden that, that value just goes through the roof at that point. It was 1.88 points per target, 2.86 points per reception is what the average was among the top 60 at their positions last year. So when we start kind of moving through these rounds and we kind of start, when you think about your scoring format, really consider that into that because you might think that 0.5 difference in your scoring isn't going to make that much of a difference. It's a massive difference. And to get someone like this, who's not only going to get the volume rushing, but he's going to get the target upside. Mm-hmm. I think it's a massive steal right there. If you can get him, especially as like your running back three, I think you're in pretty good shape. Yeah, really good points. And, uh, you know, hey, every every little thing counts. So Absolutely. Yeah. So let's transition to the middle rounds for where this is a stage of the draft for where uh, if you can if you can get some wins, like in this stage, you know, of the draft in the middle rounds, you're really positioning yourself for success. So we're in round six. One player that's a huge value, in my opinion, is uh, is Melvin Gordon. You look mm-hmm. since 2016, he's averaged nearly 18 PPR fantasy points per game. He's still in the position to see 200 or more opportunities. I know everyone's enamored by Javante Williams, and rightfully yep. so, but Gordon will still be a key contributor in this backfield. And I think he's a solid wide receiver, not wide receiver three, I would say running back three, just depending on how you're building uh, your team. So who's a player that you're gravitating to, Tommy, in round six? For me, I'll give you two options. Um, The first one I'm going to talk about is Aaron Rodgers. 
Look, I know mm-hmm. we talk about quarterbacks. Look, always go late round quarterbacks. I get that. But we know what an angry Aaron Rodgers does. He's coming off a 48 <laughs> touchdown season. He has Devontae Adams. He has everyone back. Robert Tanyan. He brings in his buddy, uh, uh, Randall Cobb, who thought mm-hmm. he was in purgatory in Houston. Guess what, bud? You actually weren't there. He saved you coming in here. They also bring in Amari Rodgers. He has some talent. He has more talent around him than I think people realize. Um, So I actually do like Aaron Rodgers, although, like I said, we normally talk, we stay away. I'm one of the last people to take a a quarterback, but I can't help it in this one. The other one I'll give you, Jamar Chase. If you're Mm -hmm. wanting that breakout wide receiver, how can you go wrong with Jamar Chase? He's got Mm -hmm. 130 target upside. Going back to Joe Burrow, who they said that historic season over back in LSU. The Bengals' offense absolutely loaded. Last year, they were one of just two teams that were able to have three receivers with over a 100 targets. Look, I, I'm i all in on Jamar Chase. Forget what you're hearing about in camp, that he's not getting separation. I don't care. That's camp talk. The guy's good. So if you want another high-volume receiver, Jamar Chase is an option. If you want to take that really angry Aaron Rodgers, take him. No, two really good picks there. Moving on to round seven, and I'm going to stick with wide receiver here. Um because I know you brought up Jamar Chase, another receiver that I'm going to talk about is in a similar situation. Now it ended up being uh, Devontae Smith. Now we know his yep. career in Alabama is well documented, but you're looking at a receiver who could see 120 targets. Now he's a versatile weapon. Eagles can use him on the outside, you know, from the slot. But something else, he is lethal, like on screens. And so I think he's going to get a yep. lot of opportunities opportunities and touches to really show the NFL and fantasy football fans what he can do. So who is someone that you're prioritizing Tommy Garrett in round seven? Yeah, I just want to say I love that Smitty call. I know me and you are both in lockstep on Jalen Hurts. So if you think Jalen Hurts is going to succeed, you're targeting Devonta Smith. I absolutely love him. For me, I'm going to take another receiver who people are questioning the quarterback play, just like in Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. I'm going to Denver. I'm going to take a look at Cortland Sutton. I think a lot of people kind of forget him because he did tear that ACL. But at the same time, you go back to what he did in 2019 with over 1,100 yards and six touchdowns, 72 catches. Mm -hmm. Like, wait, but what about the quarterback play? Well, (laughs) what about the quarterback play when he did that, when they had Joe Flacco and an unproven rookie in Drew Locke? Like, you had the exact same thing. Like, whether Drew Locke is, ends up being the quarterback, you have the big arm out of him, and he's a guy who's willing to throw that ball. Colin mm-hmm. Sutton, he's six foot four. You can't teach that. And then you have Teddy Bridgewater, who just came off of out of Carolina, who was three targets away with Curtis Salem from having an additional team where he had three receivers with over 100 targets each. Colin Sutton, I love him on this offense. Yes, they have Jerry Judy. You also have Noah Fant. You've got Albert O. So you do have some skill players there, but... Corwin Sutton is going to be the alpha on this team. I absolutely love getting him a discount here. If you can get him anywhere outside wide receiver 40, I'm absolutely smashing that draft button. Yeah, no, really, really good observations. Hey, you and I are aligned, obviously, with Cortland Sutton. Moving on, you know, we've got round eight. You know, I'm on the clock. It's one name and player that I just like. It's just it's too good of a value to pass you off. can't help and, you, you yeah, hit the certain I, rounds and you're like, you have like that guy. Yeah. You are always going to target. It, 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 I, I just can't pass it up. And it's a guy like, you know, in Kenyon Drake, you know, running yeah. back yeah. with the Raiders. I'm like, he signed like a two-year deal, you know, worth up to uh, $14.5 million. They're giving him $11 million guaranteed. Whether you like it or not, or think that he's going to play or not, he's going to have a role. It's just, it's Look, just money simple talks. business. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're not going to yep. pay a guy and say, I'm going to give you $11 million, and I'm not going to have yeah. you sit on the bench. Not going to happen. So I love Drake there. So, uh, Are you concerned think, at all yeah. when it comes to the changes that have been happening on the offensive line? Because they completely blew mm-hmm. that offensive line up, which was arguably the strength of that team. 
Yeah, I know they have made some changes. I, I'm not overly concerned. I'd always yeah. look at volume and opportunity share first. Yep. And, and, and Drake has proven, uh, whether it's with Arizona, Miami, that I think he's talented enough to overcome you know mediocre yep. to poor offensive line play. It's just the touches are going to be there, and it's really detrimental to Josh Jacobs' uh, fantasy value. Who's your guy yep. in uh, round eight, Tommy Garrett? For me, I'm actually going to go to Tampa Bay, head back to them. I'm actually going to look at Antonio Brown. Okay. I think what ends up happening is – He's probably going to finish closer to like Chris Godwin than I think people might realize. Like, throw away the week 17 performance. That's not the norm. That was Tom Brady getting his buddy his contract bonus. Mm -hmm. So I would not expect that. But if you look from week nine on when he got there, he was a wide receiver 21 in PPR formats. Granted, that is including that game, but I think you're going to see someone who is probably more of a wide receiver three than we all kind of expect. They're always going to have kind of this who's going to be the big guy this week right we're never really going to necessarily know but i think they're all going to have value and they all kind of are going to have those boom games if you're looking for like that wide receiver three that flex even like your first bench spot if you went really wide receiver heavy early antonio brown is still a guy who has some some tread left on the tires no this isn't the pittsburgh version of antonio brown (laughs) but he's a value look if we expect tom brady to be as good as he is i mean until he proves us wrong i'm going to bet on him and the same Bay offense, they brought literally everyone back from the Super Bowl winning team. Mm-hmm. He won in Antonio Brown. I'm going to trust in him, and I'm going to trust in this offense with Bruce Arians. So I like Antonio Brown, especially in these middle to late rounds. Yeah, and, and I'm sure you can imagine from the, the tweets that I've sent out recently over the last month about Antonio Brown, I, I'm, I'm yeah. clearly aligned with you. So yep. we're back. We're back on the clock again, my friend. It is round nine. In This is in the one- quickest draft I've had all year. I absolutely love this. Yeah. I'm so sick of slow drafts. Yeah, I know. Hey, we're just we're just trucking along. So I'm in round nine and a player I just can't get enough of that the community doesn't seem to really care about is is Brandon Cooks. Like he's one of five active receivers to exceed a thousand receiving yards in at least five seasons since 2015. Like this is a player. He's finished as a wide receiver two or better in 41 percent of his 103 career games on the Texans. I think it's more of a disrespect of Tyrod Taylor than anything. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And that's another guy that's a, a great value if you're in two quarterbacks, uh, two quarterback formats or super flex. Yep. But he's a free starter. Yeah. I mean, I'm just like Cooks, he's he's going to get like 130 or more targets. He can mm-hmm. he can thrive with any quarterback. He's proven that uh in the past. Yep. And so he's a guy that's constantly getting overlooked. So who's your guy in round nine that you just can't get enough of, my friend? I think one for me, like this is going I'm going for the ceiling play here. I'm gonna take a look at Mike Evans. I mean, I'm sorry, okay. Mike Evans, but Mike Williams. Mike I'm gonna Williams. take a look okay. at him. We saw what he did in his rookie year. He had over a had over a thousand yards, ten touchdowns. Mm-hmm. We know what he can do. It's just mm-hmm. you just gotta put it together for me, bud. You gotta stay healthy. Like he fits mm-hmm. with what Justin Herbert wants to do. You bring in mm-hmm. Joe Lombardi. We know what he did with Tampa Bay with um, mm-hmm. New Orleans. They talk about him wanting to play in the X and mm-hmm. kind of be that Michael Thomas, but that's I don't think I don't see that as a good comp. Because you don't want Mike Williams running slants. <laughs> so for me, if if I want to have him coming over the top, and we think they're probably going to have a better chemistry with Justin Herbert. Look, Mike um, Mike Williams, he was hurt coming into it. So he missed part of that time last year in that critical development stage where you're trying to build that chemistry up. I think I really like him trying to get better with Justin Herbert. I'm not saying he's going to be the best player every single week, but he's going to have weeks where he's going to absolutely blow up. Yeah, and if you can probably start him on those on those right weeks, I absolutely love Mike Williams. What he could do this year. 
Yeah, and, and that's the thing. I'm like, you're at this stage of the draft. I'm like, you're you're, you're looking Take for upside. upside. Yeah. Take upside. Yeah, you've already filled mm-hmm. out your starting roster. Yeah, so really, really good points. So we're, we're moving on. You know, we're at round 10 right now. And uh, the, the player that I'm going to mention, I believe, is a huge value. I'm going to go tight end here with uh, Tyler Higby. You've got Love Gerald him. Everett. Yeah, I'm like, it's, I'm like, he's Gerald Everett. I'm like, he's now in Seattle. Uh, we've got, you know, Matthew Stafford. We talked briefly about him earlier. Uh, and so Higby is a tight end who could reach like his true potential. Yeah. Uh, we got a taste of that at the end of the 2019 season mm-hmm. with the production. I think we'll be able to see more of that now. And if you're, if you miss out on Kelsey, uh, Kittle, you know, some of those top tier tight ends. Absolutely. Like, yep. You, you know, this is the guy that I would prioritize that you can easily get like in rounds nine or 10. But uh, Tommy, yeah. who are you going with at this stage of the draft? I almost, I wanted to go Tyler Higby, but because mm-hmm. you did, I kind of left him to you because for me, okay. if I miss on one of those top five, I'm taking Tyler Higby. I yeah. absolutely love him this year. I faded mm-hmm. him last year because of the splits between him and Gerald Everett. Mm-hmm. I love him this year. For me, this is to me, the easiest pick of the draft for me. This is one of my automatically I'm drafting him, and that's mm-hmm. Gus Edwards of the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens like him a lot more than you think you probably do Agreed. or they do also. They just signed him to a two-year, $10 million deal. His three years in the league, he has had no less than 130 carries and 700 yards per season. Up until week 17 last year, he was ahead of J.K. Dobbins in PPR points. It took J.K. Dobbins' blow-up game in Week 17 actually to pass him, and he actually led the backfield in carries last season. You remove Mark, you remove uh, Mark Ingram out of this situation. Mm-hmm. You go back to more of a two-headed approach. Like I think he's probably going to have a lot more carries than a lot of J.K. Dobbins managers really want him to have. Like if I'm going to target a Ravens running back. I'm going to pass on J.K. Dobbins and take Gus Edwards every single time in his ADP. Really good points. I, I do agree with you there. I love Gus Edwards, too. And he's a great target if you're uh, putting together a zero running back team and you need running exactly. back volume. So yep. he's an underrated player. So now we transition to the, the late rounds. You know, we're at round 11 here and I'm on the clock. Again, this is another wide receiver I'm going to talk about that I, I just cannot get enough of, and that is uh, Michael Gallup. You look mm-hmm. at Michael Gallup. I'm like, he finished last season with the most receiving air yards, like amongst all the Cowboys receivers. Yep. Uh, he's projected to see, you know, 100 plus targets in this offense. I think Gallup, you've got Amari Cooper, and you've got CeeDee Lamb. They can all exceed 100 plus targets. But if you look at them yep. from an ADP lens, Gallup is the least expensive. So he's a guy I like quite a bit. So, Tommy, yep. pass it back to you. Who are you going with in round 11? Who's your guy? I'm going to take another zero RB target, a guy who me and you have both talked about a lot this offseason. That's going to be mm-hmm. Jamal Williams mm-hmm. with the Detroit Lions. They yes. cut carry on Johnson. They let Adrian Peterson walk. And then they gave Jamal Williams the third highest amount of guaranteed money amongst mm-hmm. the uh, running backs this offseason. Like, he's someone who's, who you could easily project to have over 200 touches in this offense. We know it's going to be a committee approach as much as Swift managers. And my, my myself, I love DeAndre Swift. I would love mm-hmm. to see him get all the work and be that Austin Eckler light in Detroit. Mm-hmm. But you have a team who's going to be competing for the number one overall draft pick with mm-hmm. Houston Texans in its upcoming draft. Jamal Williams, we know, can work as a receiver just as well as uh, DeAndre Swift. And we've seen him do it even before um, – I mean, even once um, Aaron Jones was brought in with yeah. uh, Green Bay, he frustrated the managers there. He's probably going to frustrate managers again in Detroit. I'm all in on Jamal Williams, especially for someone, like I said, you can pr- project pretty easily for 190 to 200 touches in this offense. Yeah, no, like like you said, you and I are aligned like with uh, Jamal Williams. Uh, moving on to round 12, 
a player that I don't think a lot of people are talking about. And what's great, you can even get this player uh, a little bit later, just depending on who you're drafting uh, drafting with. And, and that is uh, Giovanni Bernard, you know, running back, you know, Tampa Bay uh, Buccaneers. Uh, I'll, I'll look back at last season. You've got Ronald Jones. You've got Leonard Fournette. You know, they combine for, you know, 1,300 plus, you know, rushing yards. They dropped a lot of passes. Their pass protection yeah. was questionable. And Tom Brady's pretty particular on things, you know, that I would say. <laughs> we'll we'll leave bit, it at that. A little bit. Just, just a little bit. So, yeah. uh, in all seriousness, though, you look at Bernard. I'm like, he can really help in this area. He could prosper as a receiver, you know, out of the backfield. And I think he could become like Tom Brady's new version of James White. And so, a guy that yeah. a lot of people aren't talking about, who I think is a, a very nice value in the double digit rounds. So, so you're uh, saying dynasty yeah. managers have to wait for Keyshawn Vaughn for another year? Or are we just kind of ready to move off that train? You never say never, so to speak. But yeah. uh, with them bringing on Bernard, I think we are going to have to wait for another year or two because that was a very, really savvy signing by, uh, you know, really, by the really Tampa was. Bay. I really love yeah. this. Who are you going with in round 12, Tommy? I'll say this one. I am. I feel somewhat responsible for the rise in ADP. And with this whole draft, look, your ADP, your mileage may vary. Let's throw a little mm-hmm. fine print caveat in this whole thing. So your ADP might change. For me, it's a guy I have been all over – last season this offseason and now that's darnell moody i love darnell moody my favorite breakout wide receiver this year played on 73 of the snaps yes he had like a he had 630 uh yards with four touchdowns last year but he played like i said with mitch grubisky and nick Foles. who i'm sorry mitch grubisky and nick Foles. yeah who were not accurate whatsoever according to sports info solutions they were 22 (laughs) of 70 on deep targets of mooney's 98 targets only 68, so 69%, nice, were actually deemed catchable. Mooney caught 90, he caught 89.7% of his catchable passes last mm-hmm. year. You bring in Alec who said Andy Dalton, who is if he's just a lateral move, great. But he is also more accurate on between catchable passes than both of them and on intermediate to deep targets. So anything from 10 yards plus, he is more accurate than both those quarterbacks combined. If we bring in now Justin Fields, who has been lighting it up in camp, Mm-hmm. Look, Darnell Mooney is going to absolutely break out. If you can get him in this in this round of this ADP, absolutely smash that. And just like Gus Edwards, I'm taking him every time. Although Darnell Mooney is a guy I'm willing to reach on around possibly two if I know someone else in my draft wants him. I'm all in on Darnell Mooney. I've already bought the jersey. Let's go. Love it. Love it. And I agree with everything you said. I'm a big uh, Mooney guy as well. So moving on to round 13, we'll close it out with round 14 and 15. So round 13, I just another wide receiver player. I, I just cannot get enough of. And that is Elijah. We're the Moore. same on this one. Yeah, we, we are aligned again, uh, my friend. Yeah. So we look at more. Uh, you're looking at someone that has a legitimate chance, like the lead. Uh, rookie wide receivers and receptions, you know, and receiving yards, uh, yeah. kind of like a dark horse candidate. But I would just say he has an even better chance to lead the Jets receivers in those areas. Yes. So I, I think he can emerge as like their number one option. And I know we've seen some highlights of uh, more, you know, Zach Wilson training camp, you know, long, you know, vertical passes, crowds it's- going nuts. I think we could see more of that. So you have anything you want to add about uh, Elijah Moore, Tommy? Uh, to me, it's, his ADP is only continuing to rise. If you're playing with league mates who are also on Twitter and in the fancy community, things like that, like they're seeing Elijah Moore highlights every single day coming out of camp. Like you have guys saying, like their beat reporters saying, "I'm going to practice to watch other players," and yet they only continue to fixate on Elijah Moore. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't necessarily like comp, but there is so much Antonio Brown in his game between his route running, the way he can go up and get a ball. We saw him test off the charts 
four three five forty, incredible three cone, thirty six inch yes. vertical jump. Like the guy can do absolutely everything. We would have loved to have seen uh, Jameson Crowder move from this roster in the offseason. But it, given the fact that they could have they brought him in for fairly cheap, especially when you look at the mm-hmm. renegotiated contract, he does have to compete a touch for the slot snaps. But at the same time, look, chemistry and all that kind of prevails. There's a reason we're not seeing Jameson Crowder um, highlight videos. And we're seeing all these coming about Elijah Moore. I love Elijah Moore in this offense. Now we get to see what this Jets, which is a f- kind of under the radar talented team can mm-hmm. do without Adam Gay sucking the fun out of life. I'm all in on this one, so I would really like to see what Elijah Moore can do. I want him on every one of my rosters. No, I agree with you. I'm still, I'm still chuckling over the Adam Gay's comment. It's just like, you know, he's sucking just the, a black hole that sucks out of, fun out of everything. It does. Look at everyone he's ever played with. Kenyon Drake, yeah. Ryan Tannehill. All these guys go on to have great careers. <laughs> it's like you, you ever date that really toxic ex, then you go away and then you blow up and you realize it wasn't me. It was them. That's Adam Gase. <laughs> well, well said, well said. So we'll close it out. We've got, uh, you know, the next round we're going into. So round 14, round 15. For me, you know, in round 14, uh, Devontae Parker, uh, mm-hmm. most favorable ADP, you know, all the Dolphins wide receivers right now. Uh, Tua, you know, he's expected to take that, you know, next step in 2021. Yeah. Things are looking good. Uh, you're looking at three Dolphins receivers, including Parker, obviously, that could all see like 100 plus targets. So it's just too good of a value for me to pass up. And and I do want exposure to this passing game. And Parker is the way that I've been doing that in draft. So who are you going with in this round, Tommy? For me, I'm actually going to go with another quarterback. But okay. I'm going. To, this is the guy you're stashing and you're okay. waiting for this to prosper when you're coming on making that playoff push. And that's going to be Trey Lance of the San Francisco 49ers. Like, this is another one, like I said, ADP mileage may vary. He probably he might still go in this range. It's debatable in between which in which league you're in. If you were to go on Madden and create your own player for the San Francisco 49ers offense with Kyle Shanahan, you would come out with Trey Lance. Rushed for over 1,100 yards in that fantastic freshman year. Threw for over almost 2,800 uh, yards with 28 touchdowns. Mm-hmm. The, North Dakota State was the first team since ni- since 1894 to go 16-0. And even better, he never threw an interception. And mm-hmm. I'm not even going to count that showcase game because that was just a mistake. Look, I understand there are some concerns when it comes to the volume he's ever played in the competition, things like that. Fine. But Kyle Shanahan has seen enough to where he has gone from this is not a competition to saying he is going to see situational snaps. Now, in the beginning of the season, I believe the situational snaps are like going to be, you know, your RPO kind of formats. Mm-hmm. But this is an offense that is predicated on getting playmakers in space. That's why you have Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, and George Kittle on this team. You don't need to try to play above their talent. Get the mm-hmm. ball in their hands and let them go. Trey Lance is one of the best quarterbacks at doing that and making any throw on the field he needs to. Plus, you bring in that mobile aspect of it. I absolutely mm-hmm. love Trey Lance and this offense and what he can do. Trying to keep up also with this NFC West, which is going to be the most competitive vision in football. I'm projecting personally that we see the change happen around week six because that's when the San Francisco 49ers bye week is. So I think it gives them enough time to see where they are in the standings in the conference and to evaluate both Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance at the same time. I'm looking at him around that time. But for me, I mean, Trey Lance, he has NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year upside. I'll take that on all my teams. Yeah, no, all really good points on Lance, and he's a player that can be but the league winner, you know, for fantasy managers uh, with his rushing ability, passing ability. You're stashing and just getting him for the playoff run. That could give you that little extra boost to get you in there, especially if you waited on quarterback. 
Exactly. No, all really good points. And so, hey, we're in round 15 now. And I'll kind of close it out with uh, tight end. Uh, if you're waiting on the position, you know, again, I mentioned him briefly earlier, and that would be uh, Gerald Everett. Yep. I'm like, there are targets to be had for Everett, like in Seattle's offense. Seattle coming into the season has uh, 144 available targets. You look at tight end Greg Disley, I'm like, he's still there, but he's never had, you know, 30 or more targets like in a single season. So the stage is set, you know, for Everett to thrive especially catching passes from quarterback uh, Russell Wilson. So who will you uh, close this out with, uh, Tommy? For me, I'm going to take the cheapest wide receiver one there is in fantasy, and that's Jacoby Myers. Mm -hmm. I understand the Patriots brought in Nelson Aguilar. They brought in Kendrick Bourne. They also brought in like Hunter Henry, who's now dealing with injury, and John Smith. To me, Jacoby Myers is the wide receiver I won. He spent years watching Julian Edelman work and operate this offense. If you look, for, he, it says he plays in 14 games. It's not entirely accurate. And to me, it's a little bit misleading. He only played 22 snaps in the first three games, and he was an active or DNP for week four and week six. Mm -hmm. In those 11 weeks, he was a wide receiver 22 in fantasy. It's to me, he seems like a fairly easy player to target. Like he finished 19 yards shy of where Brandon Ayuk was last year, like, and one less reception. We all love Brendan Ayuk with what he does. We're expecting Cam Newton to have a better year this year, which I think we all should expect. I mean, we have we have we know what this off last offseason was between the pandemic and trying to install a brand new offense and everything else. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to necessarily hold that entirely against him and this entire offense. Like, we look at, we look at Jacoby Myers. No, he didn't really have the touchdowns, but we didn't have a wide receiver score a receiving touchdown until Week 11 for the New England Patriots. That's not going to happen again this year. He's going to work from the slot. He's probably going to be open across that middle, work in that same range where Cam Newton likes to target receivers. So for me, Jacoby Myers, he's like I said, he's the cheapest wide receiver one you can get in fantasy. Pretty much a free pick at this point. Yeah, no, really, really good points. And, you know, it's good that you brought up like Myers because even like Nelson Aguilar, I'm like, they're both like essentially yeah. free, like in drafts. Yeah. And if and you're in a deeper format, I'm like, they're really great players to target, you know, just to be able to get some uh, inexpensive uh, volume. So, exactly. so yeah, so, so there we have it. You know, we've covered, you know, 15 rounds, uh, players, you know, that Tommy and I like, and players, you know, that for those that are listening to kind of keep on your radar as you approach your fantasy football draft this summer. So that will do it, you know, for this episode of In the Mood for Fantasy Football. Please remember, you know, to rate and review the podcast on iTunes and also subscribe. You know, for Tommy Garrett, you know, I'm Eric Moody. Thanks for listening and check out all the great fantasy football content over at Pro Football Network.